This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Time to connect with Alma Pollard, Executive Director of The Green Times, also eco-consultant and coach out there in Helderberg. A very warm welcome and a good morning to you, Alma. Good morning, Brad. Can you hear me? You're loud and clear. Thank you. Yes. All well? Super. Now, all very good. Thank you. Lovely that we're having spring here. Summer arriving. Yes, it's nice to have and some chance of a spit in the spot of rain. So I tell you what, it's typical Cape Town in this time of the year. But we'll take whatever we get. Early summer is the best. So, Elmo, we've got uh, this year's United Nations Climate Conference. It's coming up. It's already at COP27. And whenever someone says to me, COP20, whatever, I always think, ay, 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 are we going to hear lots of promises with unrealistic targets again? Uh, it feels like the same old, same old every year. Yes, well, it's been 27 years hey, since mm-hmm. 1992. So, yeah, this is the, the first, first Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. And, of course, they realized then that they made the, the promise at the time that they would... 197 um, countries actually signed this agreement that they would work together to prevent um, dangerous levels of um, climate gases to end up in our atmosphere so that we can avoid bad um, consequences to mankind, which of course they have failed in, which is why every single year they get together, except um, during COVID, Mm to try and figure out how can they m- mitigate what the rich countries are em- emitting because you know the more industrialized countries are obviously releasing more climate gases and how can they how can the poorer nations who are receiving more of the consequences and have less um, capacity to deal with that and how can they adapt and help out how to adapt better and also the funding to do so mm. so it is very much the same issue every year with with a bit of detail change all the time. I mean, then they had various other agreements like the Kyoto Protocol in 1997, um, the Paris Agreement in 2015, where they said they would keep the, the warming to below 1.5 above uh, pre-industrial levels. And there's the first time that finances started being mentioned and saying that they ain't going to help. And then last year we had Glasgow, the Climate Pact, and also where they started unpacking the the Paris rule book so that there's now application of all these ideas. Because, you know, if we uh, promise each other or anybody anything and the promises are not actually translated into action, then promises don't really mean anything at all. So there was this new rule book, but unfortunately last year's commitments have only been signed by 23 out of 193 countries. Mm. So we're not doing that well. Um, they call, talk about the Glasgow pledges. So now this year, of course, you know, the Antonio Guterres, the Secretary General, have said, no, we will trans- translate this into action and we will see big differences because it's critical, because it's already unfolding and many countries are already suffering from droughts and floods and, and fires and all sorts of things. So it's about the implementation plans this year in Egypt. Um, 
and the and the full scale urgent inclusive upscaled actions on the ground. Mm. Uh, Elmo, whenever I think about all of these, and and I guess I alluded it, uh, to it in the beginning, is you start to feel a little bit disillusioned because you know that the the goals that are set are enormous. And then for us in our country, and that's sort of really our focus when we look around and see what's happening, you know, this dependency on coal as an example and saying, you know, that dependency isn't going to go anywhere anytime soon. And you think, well, how does that go according to the promises that were made at the last get-together? Uh, and then trying to see how can we actually move these things forward instead of only looking and saying these are our needs right now and our needs in the nation almost seem to supersede what's best for the planet. Uh, and how does that change? Well, that is the that is why we call this a conundrum. Yeah, because you know it, it, it's really very complicated. Because short term, people don't know how to survive without these fossil fuels. Because you know our, our entire industry, all mm. our wealth, actually equals uh, fossil fuels. I mean, really, the more money you spend, the more fossil, the higher your fossil fuel um, footprint. Yeah. or your environmental yeah. footprint. So money and fossil fuels are so tied up at the moment and, and therefore success and, and sort of comfort. You know, if you if you want to be comfortable in the summer and you want to turn on a fan, you, you gain, it's going to be, you know, climate gases. And if you're going to be turning on a heater in the winter, it's climate gases. And we, and we cook our food, etc., etc. Even, of course, um, OPG gas is also a fossil fuel. So it is an incredible conundrum that the planet finds itself in. And I think it's, 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 a, it's a matter of um, every single person also kind of going inside and saying, well, how, what can I do? Because it's no good we just wait for everybody to change everything. I think it's very much also up to us individuals to say, okay, well, what adaptations can I make to my life? Because you and I are people with substantial uh, footprints. Mm. You know, we are. We, we probably have a three-planet footprint still, you know. I mean, hopefully we are reducing that um, every year. But until we can bring our footprint down to at least only being one planet, we are also still very, very much guilty. I mean, they talk about a lot here about the the polluters must pay. Mm. So these countries that are already uh, battling, I mean, they they were promised uh, a lot of money, and this money hasn't come through yet. What was it? Um, billions of hundred billion dollars per year. They were promised in 2009 at Copenhagen, and this hasn't happened. So now they're having to adapt without the funding and so on. And yeah. so I just don't believe that one sits and points fingers out at other people and forget about your your own culpability, and, and you know that we need to do self investigation and say, how can I actually, for example, stupid example, how can I do a holiday? without a, a lot of traveling, uh, you know, how can I do a holiday without flying around, Not at least, you know, I mean, what can we do, how can we have a, a cleaner lifestyle, can I rather grow more food than to jump off and go and have takeaways, because, you know, that's another footprint, and then there's the dilemma in our country that, you know, in, in, across the world, really, because of the recession, Everyone thinks we must grow the economy, grow the economy. Grow the economy means grow our climate change gases too. So we're having, we're busy shifting. We have to transform into a whole new way of living, really. 
I think the disillusionment uh, is quite obvious if you see in the number of protests that start to rear their heads at this time of people saying, uh, this is how I feel. I feel very strongly about this. This is the cause I support. These are the promises that were made. These things aren't aligning again and out they come with their placards and more. And that also makes sense where people are just feeling so disillusioned by all the stuff that they're seeing because it feels so unrealistic uh, no matter how important it all is. I can imagine how disappointing it is now, especially especially for countries who are really, really on the receiving end of the consequences already. And we have had some of it as well with our droughts, etc. And it's, it's not that we are exempted by any means. Mm. But most people are, have, have, a, have some ability to adapt, whereas many thousands, millions of people are losing their houses. We have all these climate refugees moving around because they can't live anymore where they were living. So it's it, it's really a call to everybody's heart to think, you know, how can I change what I do and, and stop being part of the problem and help others more? I mean, I really think we should transition from this industrial um, civilization to more of a care civilization, I, you know, where you share things, where you grow things, where you exchange things, where everything doesn't have to have a carbon footprint. Uh, it's such a massive story, and I want to encourage our listeners to go and uh, visit it at thegreentimes.co.za. But uh, if you think about what's happened uh, with the the war in Ukraine and how that's affected particularly energy availability in parts of Europe, it also brings the, the begs the question, when are we going to become self-sufficient? We're relying so much on other people that when things go wrong elsewhere, it affects us. Uh, I mean, I think in Europe they're experiencing that firsthand going into what could potentially for some be a, a very cold winter. Absolutely. I mean, the war had some negative effects, but possibly some possible, possible positive ones as well, because because of the food inflation and you know food stuck in ports and not able to get through, and the energy shortage because people were reliant on other countries and the energy can't get through now. Um, but it's a, the good thing about it is at least that we realize that we have to generate our own energy, grow more of our own food, be more self-sufficient, which then ultimately means less transport. Yes. So for me, from an environmental point of view, the more self-sufficient, the better we are, because all this shipping of things across the planet all the time is just so carbon intensive and not something we can continue with into the future. So, yeah, I mean, we're hoping that we will learn some valuable lessons from that. We will learn to become reliant on, on renewable energy only going forward because that's at least that's reliable. Yes. It's a big story, and uh, Alma and I have only really touched on small parts of what is an outstanding read on thegreentimes.co.za. It's called COP27 Must Deliver Major Climate Solutions. You can go and read it there and leave a comment. And, of course, uh, The Green Times also uh, very active on social media, so go and see what they're posting on Facebook, also chatting about COP27 and a whole lot more. Alma, thanks for a great publication. I mention it every time, and I'll do so again. Fantastic photography uh, and great pictures that you share, and thanks for some super stories, and I hope everyone goes and gives it a good read. To you, Alma, thanks for thanks. what you do, and have yourself a really magnificent Wednesday. Awesome. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye, Alma. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.